Hello, and welcome to the Radio Check Podcast, life in the concert touring industry, where we'll be speaking with and interviewing the best talent in the business, taking not only a deep dive into what it takes to put on a world-class show, but also life on the road and sharing experiences that span the globe, highlighting the people that are responsible for making your favorite artists look and sound great. My name is Matt Kanzi, and your host on this podcast is Chris Kanzi, a 40-year veteran in the live music touring industry. Over the years, Chris has traveled the globe several times over and has escalated through the ranks, bringing him to the top of his profession. He has established hundreds, if not thousands, of connections with other industry professionals, artists, and musicians. This podcast is your backstage pass to what happens behind the scenes and on the road when traveling and working with some of the world's top musicians. So sit back and enjoy. And okay, so usually we start these podcasts with a certain protocol where I say hello to my brother Chris, but I'm breaking protocol and I'm going to go, holy shit, Brian Hartley. I haven't seen you in 15 years and I've... You know, it's funny because Chris sent me an email saying, hey, Brian, meet my brother, Matt. And it's like, I've met you like 35, 40, 38 years ago. You know, yeah, yeah. I've probably well, I think seen the last you. time we saw each other was, uh, I think, were you on Janet Jackson with Chris? I was on Janet Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I saw you for a brief second there. Yeah, that's 2008, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, well, hey, good. welcome to the podcast. It's great to see you again. Um, hey, let me introduce you to my brother, Chris. How about we turn around and go that route? So. Hey, Chris, how are you, man? Hey, hey, hey guys, how are you? So, so Brian Hartley, what I, what I have to say about Brian Hartley, um, probably the guy in the touring, concert touring industry that I've known and toured with probably the longest because, you know, we started... Uh, he started with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts right before I did. And... and uh, that had to be about 1986 um, is when I, so you started in 85, I started in 86. And as the story goes, I got offered a job to come in and cover for you while you were off on another project. I think you were guitar teching or something crazy for, for chic or something like that. Or cameo. 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 Yeah. (laughs) So you were guitar teching. And, uh, and I covered for you and, uh, and I've told the story in another podcast. I don't know if you've heard it, but you, but you, you, you came back to get your job back and, 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 and I stuck around, um, starting to do guitars, you know, and I had no idea how to do guitars and you guys kind of like, no, 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 don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll teach you how to do guitars. It'll be fine. You know, and, 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 and there it went and you and I have known each other for, oof. 35 years does that sound sound about right yeah we'll, we'll go with that that's uh yeah that's i think i think there's i think tom cusimano uh who also worked for joan jett for brenda blackhearts briefly is the only person that i think in the industry still that i've known longer than you so so yeah man you you and i you and i go you and i go way back man so it's good to have you on man it's it's uh you know you're you're somebody that i've wanted to have on the podcast to talk to and and just you know, talk about our history and what you're up to and 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 whatnot. So, so you're in Las Vegas. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm I'm doing great. Well, considering the <laughs> considering the situation, and I'm definitely yeah. uh, I'm definitely relaxed enough, and uh, I've had enough time off and everything. Uh, 
it's uh, it's good. I love Las Vegas. Uh, it's a great city to live in, and it's uh, <clears throat> cheap. You know, it's cheap, and now we have a hockey team and a football team, and uh, that's just. Uh, and I've never been even a huge sports guy, but I am now, especially with a hockey team, and now with the Raiders, we got a beautiful stadium here. It's just absolutely gorgeous, man. Have, have uh, you seen it? You've been in it, yeah. I haven't been inside. I've I've seen it. I, it was literally built right in front of my eyes uh, for the past two, three years, right? And uh, I'm probably about I don't know four or five miles from it. I'm not far at all from it. Right. Where, and, where is uh, the stadium? Uh, in the it's right on the 15. It's it's like Mandalay Bay. It's literally across the freeway from Mandalay Bay. Oh, nice. And uh, and it looks beautiful. It lit up at night and everything, but. Uh, you know, obviously with the COVID thing, they won't let anybody in there uh, to do shows or anything. Garth Brooks has a show in there. Uh, was supposed to be the first show, but they moved it till February 25th. Okay. So that's showing the calendar. <laughs> you know, so, but, but Garth Brooks is the kind of guy I almost think he would say, you know, I'm not going to cancel the show. I'm going to split it up into four days. You know what I mean? Yeah, he would yeah, be yeah. that kind of guy that would do something like that to kind of, jumpstart all this uh shows getting back in the right uh, right in the, in the place there but uh love vegas yeah hey so let's 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 talk about our old days you know i mean i mean <laughs> these were these were different times man i mean these were the days where you and i would you know we drove the truck yes, we did. you know we yeah. and then you know and there, there were no itineraries or schedules you know we found hotels where we could. We'd pull over and, and just find a place. I can remember we, we would pull into a city. Let's say we're playing in Cleveland. We'd, we'd pull into Cleveland and we'd go to the first gas station. i go, where's the gig? And, <laughs> and, and we'd get directions on how to get to where we're going. We, we had, you know, it was, it was primitive compared to what it is now. Oh, you know? yeah, I mean, totally different. I mean, you know, and I don't know how many, you know, I know you've had a lot of people on your podcast, right? Because you just mentioned Cleveland, right? And I'm pretty sure it was in Cleveland, but, you know, I don't know how many of your other friends, you know, has these great, Chris Kanzi stories. <laughs> and I was just telling one the other day to a buddy of mine. I told him I was doing a podcast with you. And I was telling him we had a, a sound guy, Billy Crater, right? And for some reason, uh, you and Tom Kuzmano, you guys got – this is back in the days where you could go to the front desk. Hey, I'm in room 1241. I need a key. They give you a key, right? So yeah. you guys got the key to Billy's room. You literally, and I can't believe it was uh, Cleveland or Dallas, but it was the hotels with the really big hallways. But anyhow, you guys got in the, uh, uh, Billy's room and you went down the hallway and you got the Coca-Cola machine. And you took the Coca-Cola machine <laughs> in his room and you went and tried to get it in there and you couldn't get it in there because the door it was, it wasn't wide enough. So you took the door off the hinges Right, and then you took the uh, the uh, the the Coke machine inside his room, <laughs> and I think you guys had to do that. I think the hotel found out, and they made you guys, and you had to do everything in reverse. Oh, I know it was take awful. The Coke right? Back out, take the door off. But uh, yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah that was great. You know, poor Billy Crater. 
who was a sound engineer, and I think he probably is still Joan's sound engineer to yeah, these days, absolutely. you know, yeah. um, you know, 40 years later or whatever. But uh, I do remember another time, you know, we had, <laughs> we, we had people room together. We had roommates and, 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 and all our rooms would link together with doors and whatnot. And Billy was next door to, I think, Tom and I or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those nights. I don't know what we were drinking or whatever, but we were. Oh, just I, do. I remember exactly what we were talking. Oh, it was wild turkey. Oh, we drank uh, I was going to guess turkey. that. Yeah. Austin. Yeah, but, Bill, but um, Billy was passed out in his bed. And Tom and I somehow took every stick of furniture in the room and put it on the bed with him, including the TV on in his face. So he would go into the room and I'm serious, every stick of furniture that was in his hotel room was on the bed with him. And, uh, and, you know, and, we, just, and, we, just, and we just left him and we just left the him. TV, and he, the TV fell off the bed and fell on yeah. the floor. And I remember I was just kind of playing guitar, sitting up on the, uh, on the dresser or whatever, watching you guys. And, uh, and I looked at Tom and said, Tom, I said, you can't break that TV. He goes, <laughs> what? And then he, he tried to break, he never smashed it or anything like that. But, uh, uh, but I know we all had to pay for that. <laughs> oh boy! And, and there was that other time. I don't know where we were. Uh, I think it was somewhere in Texas, and we were staying in this hotel for a few days. It might have been that time. Actually, I think it was the time when we stacked all the furniture on Billy's bed, and we all went to the gig the next day. And then we returned to the hotel after the gig, and all the no, rooms that were was double bat, locked. The, the, where we did that, that was Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. Baton Rouge. Right, right. Yeah. So the doors were all double locked and the hotel wouldn't let us in our rooms. And, you know, we got like kicked out of the hotel in the middle of the night. And and I remember Elliot Saltzman, the tour manager, we, we would come in and sit us down and go, guys, what do you think this is? The Rolling Stones? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, and that story is still, I mean, even I even Elliot is very, very proud of that story, too. Oh, I know, no, no, yeah. I haven't seen Elliot and you know what? I, I've, I've not seen anybody since I stopped working for Joan Jett in 1989. So I, I, I've not seen Joan. I've not seen Elliot. I've not seen, I've not seen anybody. I've, I ran into Kenny Laguna, her manager once, but uh, yeah. you know, I've just, I've, somehow I've just not managed to just pass, pass, pass with anyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but those uh, were those yeah, were that, some those were some good days. It was know. they were amazing. Uh, uh, and you remember the time we were driving the truck and uh, the lady stopped us. <laughs> oh, the police officer, the female <laughs> the police, police officer. officer. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't remember who was. I was driving. I think you were driving, and there's there. She was saying, uh, uh, somebody called in that you guys were smoking pot, and you looked at her and you're going like, absolutely not, just like that, and she was going like. Uh, okay, okay. Well, you guys have a good day then. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you know uh, the the things that we managed and did. You know the stupid shit that we did in those oh, days. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm glad I got most of that out then because you know once you know once the days of Joan moved on and we started doing other things, it got serious really quickly. It got real, yeah, yeah, of course. But it's good that we can look <laughs> back and uh, and we can say we did the kind of crazy stuff, you know, yeah. and we made it here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. So you know, you, you 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 we've known each other for forever, but you know. We worked a lot together in the early days. I think 
what did we, was it Megadeth that we worked with after, after Joan or, or a few years after Joan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got me in the Megadeth gig. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember because I was with Sabotage and we did a big tour. It was Sabotage, Megadeth and Dio, right? In the, in like 87, 88. And man, I tell you, that was, that was a crazy tour drugs. I mean, just crazy and everything but i was with sabotage but uh megadeth was there and i got the note of megadeth guys really well whatever because of all the craziness and i remember you got me the megadeth gig and i walked into the studio and uh and uh, mtv like in new york or something like that and as soon as i walked in i could see all the megadeth guys go just like that they're going like, whoa whoa what's he doing here so i'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was you know that was Probably for me, that Megadeth Countdown to Extinction tour we did, that was the first tour I think that was on the next level for me in regard to how many trucks we had and, you know, the amount of equipment, a proprietary design, you know, a set. Yeah, you know, the Marley. You know, the Marley, all that stuff. It was the first for me. And, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, but I know it was for me. It was the first tour I ever did with Moving Lights. You know, I, I had not I had not worked with moving lights and I was like an early I know it was beyond the very light one. I don't know what it was. It wasn't the V five. It was somewhere. No, it was like the, I can't remember what it was. It was but it was uh it was VLs. We had Brian Ferris. Brian Ferris, yeah. Those were the days when you know, one guy didn't operate both. You know, you either know. you either ran you either ran the Parkan rig or you ran the very lights and there was two guys. And then that went on for a few years until yeah. until you know, whoever the clever people were that figured out how to integrate it to one console. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. that was, I mean, that was an interesting time and how you did it, where you did it separately like that. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I think it's evolved much better now. You yeah, know, I would say so. Everything, all, all your control and everything yourself, you know. I found that was great. And I found when the video came into uh, play, with the lighting console, having control of that too is really, it, it, it that really intrigued me too as well. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, you've you've gone on to do lots of great stuff. You, you know, you designed great stuff for Kiss for years. Um, I know you've done, you know, Motley and, and Manson and, and Nine you're, Inch you're, Nails. You're done, uh, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. done lots of really cool, cutting edge, hardcore stuff. But the one thing, I don't know if this is what everybody knows you for, but it is, you know, but, but TSO, you know, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, that's something you've been, how many years is it for you now? 20 years. <laughs> 20 Actually, years. this would have been 21 years uh, this wow. year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that is just every cutting edge bit of technology you can get your hands on. You, 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 you put it in there. And, 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 and the shows are just, you know, incredible, you know, with, you know, lighting, video, set, pyro, lasers you name it all of it but what's it like to have to top yourself year after year because i know you 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 know you come up with something even bigger and more brilliant than you did the year prior and you must be constantly thinking about the design for that show that's probably something that never ever leaves your mind no no well you gotta figure when we're on tour in october right and i usually come up with the design in say uh uh november and december right for the following year right so uh, uh what i'll do is i'll do you know we'll do the tour and uh, about, you know, you know, in the November, December, then I had to start thinking, OK, now I, I got to think what uh, I got to think what we're doing next year, because next year 
by the time I'm in November, right, or December, the next tour is less than a year away, yeah, right? Yeah. At that point, it's, it's 10 months away. So I have to come up with something so I can present it to them in January and February. And then after that, then <clears throat> once they look at it and everything's good, uh, like it used to be with Paul O'Neill, I'd present Paul O'Neill the design, and he would look at it, and you know Paul, uh, he would just go, Brian, that's fucking God let's do that. And then we would do it. And then that, and that's how it worked for all those years. I mean, it really was, uh, I really am a lucky guy to be able to, you know, design whatever I wanted. And, and that's really kind of how it was. I designed whatever I, whatever I thought I, I kind of came up with. I made a movie about it and everything. And I presented to them and every year it was the same. It was like, that's fucking God. And then the goal every year has been like, even this past year, last year's tour, Everybody came up to me and said, dude, this is the best one ever. Wow. And they say that every single year. I was like, yeah, but you said that last year. But last year was the best one ever then. You know, so that's the uh, that's the trick. I got to I gotta make sure it's better than the year before, you know. So right. you do really, I, have to, I have to stay up on everything, all the technology. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes it's, it's difficult when somebody doesn't see the end result. Yeah. Like last year I had all this stuff and, you know, uh, you know, nobody could really see. I said, trust me. I said, I can see the, res and they, they kind of got the fact that, you know, sometimes it's me that is the only one that sees the end results. Right. Cause mm -hmm. there's no Paul anymore. So it was a little bit different people I had to present to. And, uh, and then there was like two items last year that nobody really thought it was any good and everything. And then, by the time we got there and the rehearsals, everybody was coming to me about those two things bowing down. Well, like that is amazing. Yeah, we yeah. never thought it would look that good, you know, whatever. Is, so. is, is there a criteria that you work to? Like you've got to stay under this dollar figure. You got to keep it in this many Not trucks. Like or, or... You know what? I, 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 I try to, I try to go from year to year, like from like say, for instance, if I'm designing this year, you know, I'll go back and look. Okay, you know, lighting was, uh, you know, lighting was this much. Okay, and then this year, okay, it's about the same, a little bit, maybe a little bit over, a little bit under, whatever. And then look at the video. So I'll kind of do that kind of framework with it and to make sure that I'm just kind of doing a nice progression every year. Right. And, uh, you know, what, what, what helps me out on the technology uh, or the design and the way I can kind of get away, because we're at 20 trucks is what we are. And we've wow. been 20 trucks for about four years. So I've been trying to keep it within that. But what happens is like, say, for instance, the Sharpie came along, right? And the thing is so small, you know, and so less power that all of a sudden, boom, I got so much room for everything. I got more room in the trucks. So I could take the 20 trucks and really have a show that I could fit in there, which is bigger than the year before that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that, you know, lights got smaller, the power got less uh, consumed and uh, just little things like that, then that, that's, what, uh, that's what enables me to increase the designs without really increasing the trucks, you know, because, right. you know, when you get past 20 trucks or so, you know, this, you know, we do matinees. So we got to be able to load in at 6 a.m. and do a three o'clock show and then do an eight o'clock show. And then wow. we got to pack it up and then travel to another city and load in at six for another three o'clock show and another eight o'clock. So, so Wednesday we do one show, uh, Thursday we do one show, Friday we do two shows, 
Saturday we do two shows, and Sunday we do two shows. So we do eight shows in a five-day period. Wow. And, uh, and then the, that's also doubled by the West Coast doing the exact same thing. So, you know, it's on like a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you know, there's what, uh, there's two, four, there's, there's 12 shows in three days. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I I remember one time we crossed paths while you were in rehearsals. Was it, what do you guys do? Des Moines or something? Oh, no, Omaha. We went to a steak restaurant. Yeah. Omaha. Omaha. It's where you, where you, where you set one show up on one end of the arena and you set the, the mirror image up on the other end of the arena and you just you just program them both do you, you know do, what do i do, do, I, do actually, I yeah i program it all myself right you do, and what yeah. we do is we set up and i'm, I'm like here in front of house and the uh the east coast is right in front of me all built and everything and then the west coast stage is literally right behind my neck probably about five feet from me right and i never change right i never switch around to the west coast side i always looking at the east coast and i'll program while my band's on there my band's on there and when my band takes two days off the west coast plays behind me but i don't turn around i literally sit in the same spot and i program this way and the west coast guys they're going like dude this is the best thing we can literally sit there and play and watch the show you know, uh, oh, yeah, so I'll put yeah. a little bit of light on for them, you know, just so they can see. And then I still program and run the show that way. And then when we move out, then obviously I'll turn around to real uh, for the for the West Coast. But, uh, yeah, I've been doing it like that way for years. And uh, so, so what you're saying is you can control both systems at the same time with one console. I, you know, I can, but I don't. But what I'm saying is, like, I, I control my console with the rig in front of me, right? And yeah. then the band is playing behind me, but I just got a little bit of light on them, just a little soft light so that they can see mm-hmm. the play. And then I still program on the other stage. So. Oh, okay. I'm following you now. That's that's great. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. Uh, What's the benefit so, so, of that? Why won't they play on the stage that you're programming to? Because they're on their own stage. They're on the oh, West Coast. Okay. Right. There's two. There's two They're bands. Right two bands. Yeah, so, okay, I just figured they'd be identical setups, so it wouldn't. Really they are. Matter. They are exactly. They're identical setups, but for me to move the whole front of house around yeah, every right. two days to come back around, it's 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 just not. Yeah, it's just not worth it. You know, mm-hmm. I, when the West Coast, when the East Coast, when we finally move out the last, you know, four days of rehearsal, the West Coast has the whole place to themselves because they start the first show there. Got it. Right. Then at that point, I'll have to turn around and I do that. And then I have to go through the same thing that I go through with the West Coast. I go, okay, guys. Then I start looking at everything. Oh, okay, listen, okay, guys. Hey, you know, the smoke machines aren't right over here. you got to move those over there, you know. Or uh, all these lights are switched around. They're not in the right address. So they kind of got to go through that little bit of uh, rigging the system out a little bit. And then uh, then we're good to go. Easier the second time, I suppose, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's great because with TSO, we get to set up the East Coast rig. And then if I don't like something, we got to move this. Okay, we want to move that. Okay, do that. Then they already know that for a while. They're setting up the other one behind right. me because uh, they're, they're probably about staggered about two days. Okay. Right. Does the organization own a bunch of stuff that you recycle and reconfigure and do different stuff with every year? Or do you just start from scratch with You know, uh, 
you know, with Elliot, right, for example, right? Elliot's, uh, he's a numbers guy. He's an accountant guy. So when we pay for stuff, you know, he's always going, oh, we should use that again, use it again. And, and I've tried that over the couple of years. But, I mean, nowadays, you know, it doesn't – to use a pod that we used five years ago, whatever, but it's got different lights, and then you have to retrofit it. I mean, nowadays, it's almost better just make a new piece. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. With probably it. spending the same money to, to exactly. make it new. So yeah. I, I, and I have used some stuff uh, occasionally uh, that we have. We have these rotating steps. These steps that's got video on one side and uh, uh, lights on the other, like the Pink Floyd thing, those things that turn. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, went and made, uh, I went and made those for our stage set. And uh, those I've used a, a few times over and over, but uh, I'm kind of done with those uh, now. But uh, yeah, nowadays you can make anything so quick, you know, by the time you cut the bars out, put new bars in there, drill new holes, you know, you yeah. just might as well make you a new one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be more solid. And you're in your in your over the 20, 21 years. Have you used the same vendors for for that long, or have you? You know what? Our lighting vendor has. Did you ever know a guy named Craig Redden? Mm, don't know that hey, name. Craig Redden was the guy. He was back from the OB days, the OB, and then it turned into uh, uh, Q1 and uh, and all that from Winnipeg. And we used him and uh, he moved to a couple of different companies and ended up going to Epic and uh, 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 that whole thing. And then he passed away. And then uh, Burton, I don't know if you know Burton, uh, he's our guy now and he's with PRG. He was with West Sun, but when he left West Sun, we followed him to PRG. So we, we really kind of follow uh, the, the people uh, more than the company. Yeah, a lot of time that makes the difference, as yeah. as you know, as you know. It's like with like with John Wiseman, same kind of deal. You know what I mean? We right, he was I got him in as a, as a vendor at the beginning, and it was like I think it was XL Video, and then it turned into Chaos, and then he finally went to PRG or whatever. But we basically uh, followed him uh, all the way through uh, where he's going. Nice, yeah, and 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 as as far as you know, people, you have a lot of the same personnel that just keep coming back year after year don't you i mean do you have your we, you know like a lot your, of these guys uh with a lot of these guys with tso like kenny ackerman our, our video crew chief right he's been doing it probably for about 14 or 15 years right and he builds it into his life you know what i yeah. mean he knows every december november december he's got this he can take january off uh but uh it really is a lot for a lot of these guys to really be able to plan the year i mean same with me you know i, I work with all these other bands but uh you know it's just like, like judas priest uh for example you know they wanted to hire me full time and everything i was like well you know they're going we want somebody who's going to stay with us the whole time what asked well i said you know i can stay with you january through October, no problem. I said, but I have to do TSO. And Rob Halford's a big TSO fan anyhow. So uh so that was okay. They they yeah. they they signed off on that. They said, okay, you know what? You know, as long as you stay with us the whole year, you can leave for TSO and put somebody in here and uh you're right. good to go. Yeah, so. Rob, Rob Halford is is a class act. I mean Honestly, I really yes. I really like that guy. I only worked for him for a month right yeah. uh, la uh last year and then we were going to start this whole tour coming up uh but man once i got out there and i got to know this guy i mean i go in the dressing room every night after the show and sit there with rob and talk to him for about 10 15 minutes right and 
you know what? An amazing guy. I yeah. mean, really just such a gentleman and such a, a great personality and all that stuff. Huh? So, I agree. And I, I feel very honored to be able to uh, work yeah, for yeah. him. And, uh, I, I that's agree. the band I work with. But I mean, that's the band I grew up listening to. Yeah, I worked for his band Fight. I never worked for Judas yeah. Priest, but his, you know, his right when he left Judas Priest, he started that band Fight. And and I did that first record cycle and went all over the world with them. I mean, we went, you, you know, America, sure. Europe, Japan, South America, Australia. We went everywhere. I, I, probably the only tour I've ever done that hit every every market in the world. And, and you he, know what? That was some good music too. Yeah. He, he took rocked, he yeah. took care of us, and he was such a gentleman. He was, you know, that I don't know if anybody has any conceptions or misconceptions about him, but he's just an absolute gentleman, and uh, you know, really like him. And I ran into him a few times over the years, and he always remembers me, and he's always very warm and very nice, and. Yes. You know, it's funny. I ran into him in uh, San Diego because he he was in Phoenix. You know, for for you, still is. Here. And uh, and uh, he was in San Diego, living in San Diego. Last time I saw him, I went. I was with uh, one of Maynard's projects, and and uh, I said San Diego, and I said the Sailors. And he went, no, <laughs> no, 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 the officers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. He is. And, and you know what? He's just, you know, he's just just a sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, I'm so excited, man. I just can't wait. Our, our tour was supposed to start, obviously, this May and just go go on for a couple of years, whatever. But they moved it all. So I, I spoke, we were supposed to start June 1st in Europe. So, uh, you know, I, I'm praying that that happened. You know what I mean? Because uh, I really, I, I have such a yearning to work for them because I only did a month with them. And then that tour was supposed to come up and I was just looking so forward to it. Mm. And then the COVID thing hit. It's like, damn, by the time we do it, it's because the tour is 50 heavy metal years is how long Jesus Priest has been around. Oh, right. By the time it goes around, it's going to be 52 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, you and I have both, you know, done our share of, of heavy metal over the years. And, you know, there, that was that was the genre. We, we heavy metal kept me busy all through the 90s, you know. Oh, yeah. And into the early parts of the 2000s, you know. I mean, I know we, we, we did Megadeth together. I know we both worked for Pantera at separate times, um, you know, and... Uh, and of course, those KISS shows you did. And I've seen several of your KISS shows and they were just, you know, again, similar to TSO in a way where, you know, you had a lot of the big bells and whistles and it was really grand and, and whatnot. And, but you didn't really have the, you know, the open pocketbook. <laughs> you do yeah, yeah. And, and TSO, you got to understand, like KISS is really, it's about the show for sure. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, it's, it's more focused on those four guys. Yeah. Whereas TSO... There are not those four guys, and uh, I get a little bit more of the focus on me, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kiss stuff, man. I gotta tell you, that was uh, that was amazing time. I started with them when they didn't have any makeup on, and then uh, then all of a sudden they put, they put the makeup back on, and they got all four original guys. And when yeah. that happened, I have to say, I was a bit nervous. Uh, because uh, Doc McGee had just came in, big time manager, you know, big time tour. I just knew that uh, that he was going to bring in like David Davidian or something like that, some big time lighting guy or whatever. But you know what? The band kept me and I stayed there for 15 years. Yeah. So, uh, mm -hmm. that, that, that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I remember seeing uh, one of the very first shows. I was on tour with Pantera at the time. Yeah, that's right. You guys came to uh, uh, New Orleans? To, uh, no, New I believe it was Louisville, Louisville. Kentucky. Yes, yeah. that's it right. It was the second one. And I remember Alice and Chains were opening. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, those were some of the last shows that, you know, Alice ever did with Lane Staley, you know. And uh, uh, you can you can tell things weren't 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 great with him even during the show. He just kind of leaned on his microphone and he had long sleeves and gloves to cover all the you know whatever yeah. he had up and but you know they were still really good man yeah. <laughs> still really that was, good that was good stuff damn you know, those, those kiss shows were really good yeah, yeah you know? that was a good time good time yeah, yeah they sure were Never so no uh, oh, man Never, oh. not once you know, those were some of the, some of those gags from that Kiss show. They still use, you know, Gene flying up to the downstage truss and Paul know. flying out to the front. Yeah, you yeah. know, the drum riser moving up and down. Yeah, you know, there's staple things. The spinning you know? blood. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's stuff they've done most of their career. Yeah. yeah. But do do you think they'll ever stop? Even though they keep saying they're retiring and well, no. But this is the last. Uh, yeah, no. This is the last one. They're. I mean. Hell, Gene's getting ready to be 72, I think. Right. Uh, so uh, I think when I did, we did a, a farewell tour. I did I did the farewell tour. And that was in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> it was the farewell tour. But I will say, though, that was the farewell tour in 2001. And that was all for the original guys. Yeah, of course. So yeah. after that farewell tour, they never toured again with all the original guys. They got rid of Peter and Ace. But uh, but shit, man, that was some good that was some good touring there with Kiss, man. I remember on that tour that you saw, it was a reunion tour, and I remember thinking to myself, you know what, this is so awesome because all I wanted to do all my life was be with a band and play coliseums all the time, right? And I said, you know, if I did that, you know, I would I would this would be great. I would never get bored of that. I could just do a show every day. And at the end of that, like 200 and whatever shows it was, it was like, OK, you know what? Yeah, I could use a break now. You know? <laughs> but uh, but it, it was a, it was a lot, a lot of touring for that uh, for that tour, for the reunion one. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and those were great shows. You know, I mean, a lot a lot of it was. You know, a lot of it the same over and over again. But, you know, I mean, great, great shows. One guy you worked for that uh, really knows his production is, you know, tell, tell me about working with Manson. Because I know he, he, I mean, he subscribes to lighting magazines. I mean, he, yeah, he, he knows does. his shit when it comes to lights, you know. So, I mean, that, that must be an interesting dynamic trying to, you know. You know, it, it, it was. My experience with Manson, though, was that I came in there and I designed a rig uh you know it was like uh, i forgot what it was there were like mac 2k wash lights and mac 2k and then i had a big sinker light for him for because he loved the one light they can move in and out of but he hated moving lights so bad right really? he just he could not stand any moving lights so and i had this amazing show there was all this automated lighting, all time code and all that stuff. And it was really fucking awesome. And, but he hated moving lights. Right. So, uh, you know, after about a month or so, after probably about two months on tour, you know, it just wasn't working with me and him. He was just being such a dick. And I had to go to Tony a couple of times and go like, Hey, you know, I, 
you know, you got to do something about this guy. I can, he can't be just calling me out like that and throw shit at me. Or if you want to, if he wants to make the show right, then let's work on this, do whatever he needs to do. But, you know, I'm not going to sit there and take that kind of stuff. And he's going, yeah, yeah. And then he kept doing it. He was doing, and Manson did so much blow and drank absinthe. That's what he did. That's why he was going on the tour, the blow and absinthe. And uh, finally, I had to go to Tony. I had to go to him and say, listen, I, I, I his, got His go. manager, Tony Ciola, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I told him I was going. He goes, okay. And I said, listen, I said, I'll even do your, I'll do your right, and I'll stay here until you get another guy. And he goes, okay. And we did about another four or five more shows. And then about that time, guess what? Everybody was starting to go like, oh, wow, that's fucking amazing. Your fucking show is amazing. And I was going, yeah, but I'm here for another two shows and I would do it. And even Tony was going like, you know, that shit looks fucking amazing. But Manson hated the movie light. So what they did is they hired another guy, Sonny Satterfield. Right? Okay, so Sonny came in. Famous for his days in Pantera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Sonny came in and they literally got rid of my complete light show and they did two straight trusses of park dance. That was it. And uh, he and then he had two park hands on the floor, and and that's what Manson wanted. And uh, Manson and Manson's the kind of guy like when Sonny got there, he's going, like, "Where's that short motherfucker at right now? Come here, Sonny, get in here right now." You know, that's what that's the kind of guy he is. He likes uh, he kind of likes that stuff. But you know, I went into that gig so excited because I love the music, and he was such a a production kind of guy. Uh, you know, it, it was it was awesome. I, I enjoyed it, but obviously, it really wasn't what he wanted because he didn't want any movie yeah. like. Well, that what year was this, dude? Can you recall what year? Two thousand seven, maybe. Oh, you know, really? it was, it, he had a great record. It was like a, a vampire record or something like that. It was really good, and uh, that the the keyboard player and the guitar player. Were, were very much dicks, right? For one, the, the guitar player used to be with uh, Prodigy or something. He produced the record, right? And so with him, I needed to get time code, right? He has to give me the track that has the time code on it and the music on there so I can program it. And he was going, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And he, and he kept giving me to it. And then it, the stuff never synced up. I was going, dude, is something not right? And he, doing, he goes, it's, it's right, it's right. And then I was going, no, it's not. And then I had to make a big deal about it, you know, and bring it up to everybody, whatever. And then finally he says, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. It's off a little bit, but here you go. Here's the right version. You know, just <laughs> like that. And I was like, wait a second, dude. We just went through all of that because you had the wrong version. And it was just, it was a little stuff like that. So I was a little frustrated. But, you know, it's amazing. As soon as I, I gave my notice, I got a call from uh, Rick Fagan. And uh, Rick was going, like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm in Europe getting ready to go back home. He goes, yeah, you want a gig? He goes, I got a gig with uh, uh, Velvet Revolver. Oh, so, nice. Uh, I got a gig with Velvet Revolver just like two, before I even left the Manson gig. So that was yeah. God, I, I remember the days. I, I think you and I were mated quite a bit in the Joan Jett days because right. I'm having this memory of you and I listening to music. Where, where I was, you know, trying to listen to Metallica and you were trying to listen to Guns N' Roses and, and we were, and we were kind of, you know, jousting over who was better, Guns N' Roses or Metallica, because I never really liked Guns N' Roses. If I'm oh, yeah, yeah, I was a big Guns N' Roses fan. Yeah, I, I do remember those days. That was fun. So, so, so you remember there was one time you ever remember the one I put a sock in it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, do you, do you want to tell that story? We can't just leave people hanging, you know? 
that was uh, that's that true. Was great. That, that confirms that we were together for a while. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, you know, moving on into into you know these days, uh, are you still programming your own shows? Or are you still? You know what? That's what that's what I like to do. You know, that's you know, you look at these guys like you know Roy Bennett and these guys Tom Kenny. I mean, they're great. You know, but they don't program anymore. They 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 they. It's more of a big production for them or whatever, and they have all their guys to do everything. I, I prefer to design the show program the show and run the show and, and, and go on tour with it. I, I feel like that's, I feel like you get the best results. I, I think Justin Colley was telling me one time, he goes, you know, he goes, you know, you still get to, he goes, you still get to actually run the board and program and enjoy running lights through the song. He goes, I hardly ever get that anymore because I'm just, I'm coming in a bit and programming and some, some other guys off running the lights, you know, but uh, I love, I love programming. That's, I feel like that's, that's part of it. You know what I yeah. mean? It's you a know, performance, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, really. I mean, I can see how you doing a show is like, you know, you're meshing with the band, you're meshing with the music. I mean, it's exactly. like, I mean, so it's one thing to like paint a canvas, right? Like, so like a Roy Bennett will come in and he'll design a show and say, okay, fine, have a nice day. Great. He'll run it for you. But I mean, you get to play with it. I mean, I totally get it. That's what I'm, I'm getting. Get for. I, mean, it's like I hear you completely. And, make- and, I, and I think I would like to be the same way. It's, it's your baby. I and mean, you, you're, you're living it. I think there's, a, there's yeah. more emotion behind it. Well, so, there, there, there are show. designers that, that, that sit there with their programmer while the programmer does the work and they, sure, sure. And, they and they sit there and, and tell them what they want done, which I, I, you know, a lot of guys will say, Hey, isn't it just faster if you do it yourself? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, yes and no. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to both of it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm sure if I have a programmer, I'll probably be telling them to do uh, maybe more wild and crazy stuff. I don't know if I would or not though, because I, I tend to do what I, I tend to program whatever I want anyhow. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I just, I just feel like there's more of a connection to the music with like that. And especially with TSO. I mean, man, TSO is just so musically accented, you know, I, and, and with TSO, a lot of people think, and I do use time code. Yeah, for sure. You know, but you know, some of that lighting stuff or most of that lighting stuff is not time coded because I, I, I enjoy running the lights to it. Yeah. I have time code running and I can literally, if I want to, I can hit record and I can run the song one time myself and then let let up and then not have to touch it again, the rest of the tour. But you know, what fun is that? You know, uh, <laughs> I like the, I uh, like the, uh, I like the real time of hitting the buttons and all that stuff. You know, some stuff you got to do on the time code if you're trying to get very, very specific and like for video. You know, time code is perfect for the video because it really keeps everything in sync. Of course, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the lighting, uh, you know, the lighting, I can fluctuate on there. And I I usually tend to do a lot of my own lighting uh, manually. Nice, nice. Do you, I, I see, you know, people listening can't see you. I, mean, I can see you and I can see where you, it looks to me like you're, you're in a studio and you've got your own console there. And do you, do you have your own like WYSIWYG setup at home? And, and I have, I have right here in this room, I have uh, four Granime threes <laughs> and I have one of my hogs in here and I got another four hogs in my garage there. I got, I got four Granime threes and I got six hog fours. Uh, that's, that it's, it's interesting because you know it's 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 
grand to may ad hoc. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's almost, you know, some people like Mac, some people like PC. I, I, I don't know anybody who goes back and forth between both of those. They're either grand to may or hog one or the other, not both. I mean, take, well, the reason, tell me I mean, about I, that. I had to, uh, <clears throat> I had to kind of, cause I, I've been a hog four guy. Right. And I got all my consoles for an amazing price and high end did me really so well. And, and I've had them for about, you know, I've been using a for about 10 years and I, and I rent them, you know, I rent them to TSO or whatever band I'm working with. So, you know, that's a great uh, financial thing too, as well. I've made a yeah. fucking fortune off these consoles. And, uh, and then last year uh, I did priest, and I had to do it on the Grand MA. And then I started thinking, you know what? Maybe I'll, I, I'm going to get into the Grand MA 3 because I feel like when I go to Europe, uh, say with Megadeth or a heavy metal band, whatever, we're playing all these festivals, you know, nine out of 10 of them are Grand MAs, right? And, and I show up with a hog, you know, people are looking at me like, oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know I, I said, well, I need, uh, you know, the uh, art net or whatever. Oh, I don't know the hog. You know, so I decided to make an investment into the uh, Grand Maze, and I bought four of them, and uh, I use them on TSO to run the glow motion stuff. These winches, right? I still use the uh, hogs for my lighting, but uh, but recently I went over to Europe with uh, Megadeth uh, in January and February, and uh, and I used my Grand Maze three, and uh, and I did the whole show on that. And uh, I really love it too. The console is amazing. It, it really is. And uh, I would like to try to get rid of my hogs. Really? So you're, conver you're converted is what you're saying. Sort of. But my problem is, is once I get rid of my hogs, then I'm losing a huge amount of revenue, right? So it's really tricky to switch totally over to Grand MA because right. uh, Grand MA will do things that where I don't need a bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden I lose all my revenue, you know what I mean? Right, so, right. Hey, so, uh, so, so quickly, uh, for people listening who don't really know the difference between a hog and a Grand MA, what is the, is, is there a quick kind of explanation that that separates the two you know how, how would you how would you try to describe the difference between grand ma and, and then whole hog well you know what is it's kind of like the mac and pc thing right and you know how the mac used to be really really more expensive and the pcs you can get for nothing right you know it's been really really cheap uh that's the same kind of way it is the hogs are so reasonably priced, right? That, you know, anybody can afford those things. And uh, the Grand MA is uh, uh, overwhelmingly expensive and super, super expensive. And, uh, and uh, you know, I complain about it all this time there, but they, it's fucking, it's just way, way overpriced, you know, but, you know, they got the market. You know what I mean? They got the market. So it's, you can't, it's hard for me to, I would love to just use the hogs, but you know, the Grand Amaze are so well known and they have such the whole industry. They have probably 80% of the market share, I would say. Yeah. You know? but would, you, would you say there's a, there's a different philosophy in how they work? It's almost a difference. I mean, you look at a Grand MA, it's like, you know, speaking French. And when you're looking at a whole hog, it, it's like speaking a different language. I mean, don't, yes. they're, they're, they work and function and program and 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 operate differently. Correct? They do. So you, they do. You need, it's, it's, have a different. You need to have a different uh, thought process, and you need to switch your brain over between the two, don't you? 
A little bit. It's almost the same as you just said uh, with languages. You know, you speak in French, you speak in German, right? But you can have the same conversation in both uh, uh, both languages, and it's still the same conversation. Yeah. So really, the same with the two colliding consoles. They're kind of they're similar in the fact that the end result is the same. Yeah. It really is. You know, the end result, like, and uh, and I know both. And I know the hog very well, and I know the Grand MA3 very well now. So, uh, I, but, but I am tending to like the Grand MA a bit more uh, because it does have some pretty cool features that are really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it's kind of like the time code thing, right? With the Grand MA, is all I do is hit one button, record, and I can run the board like I would run a rock and roll board with the flashes and the bumps and the hitting this and hitting that, and it records everything just like that. Which your, your, your microphone picked you up uh, running the console there a second ago, and you were tapping your fingers. <laughs> so, so it, was, it actually translated uh, wonderfully there. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, so so I made the investment in the uh, in the four Grand MA threes, you know uh for a long-term situation you know so uh i bought them all i bought them all fucking cash you know i didn't uh, i don't know any money on them but i need this uh, i haven't i haven't had a chance to get any money back you know i probably made you know maybe about 40 grand uh, uh off them so far but i still got you know another 140 grand to go you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. you know you, you, your brain has always worked that way and what my brain has not worked that way i mean going way back just so mad just so you know Brian has always been, how do I make my next buck? You know, so on Joan Jet and the Blackheart, she's like, fuck it, I'll do merch too. Yeah, so yeah. he was actually doing lights and working all day and also counting in merch and, and, and doing what? And, and, driving the truck. and making a freaking killing, you know? So, and you, you own a bunch of stuff, like you were saying that you rent to TSO. I mean, you, you, you're, you're almost like a, you're a small company with a, with sure, a I, I bought with these inventory. blacks. I bought these blacks, just black drape. Oh my God. And that's been, uh, that's been one of my biggest money makers ever, you know, uh, small little, no, not on Vegas. No, forget about Vegas only with TSO and the bands I work with. Not necessarily. I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't really have a company. I'm out trying to out rent everything, whatever. It's really only the tours that I do. So I do TSO and mind you, there's two TSO. So I have two sets of lighting boards, two sets of the Grand Amaze, you know, two sets of these black drapes. And then I also have all the sets of uh, uh, media servers. I have all these catalysts. I have, oh, wow. I got six media servers. Okay. So you're a catalyst guy. Yeah, I'm a catalyst guy. Okay. And that's another thing too. You know, everybody's like, oh, why don't you switch over? I was like, why don't we switch over? I got six things right here that have been paid for for years. You know, the only thing I update is the computer. And now they're all on laptops. And they're just oh, a wow. very small little situation. Now, I'm used to my catalyst used to be in a big rack, and uh, now there's just in a laptop. I got a little small pelican, and that does all the video server shit. Yeah, you know the black drapes are. You know, I mean, I was just thinking, the the black drapes can make such a difference in how a show looks. You know, oh, I mean, if if I'm you know I'll do a tour that you know where you know the artist doesn't want to pay for or not tour with drapes and you you know some arenas you walk in and it's it's wall to wall it's beautiful with fullness and you're like wow the show looks so good and then the next gig it's it's barely 
80 feet wide. It's barely as wide as the stage and you can see all the seats and the exit uh, signs and whatnot. And I'll tell you, man, uh, good black drapes, man. You so, know, that so really came from TSO because when we kind of first started going into the arenas <laughs> with TSO, we were noticing, oh, wait, wait, this venue doesn't have any blacks at all. So we got to rent it for 1600 bucks for the show, right? Yeah. Oh, this one has it. This one, has, oh, this one doesn't have it. So you got to rent it again over here so it made sense to uh to, to just rent them and carry them on the road with you and then you just always have them right but it does make a big huge difference uh, oh, like I I was, uh steve I roman our stage manager and he loves it too and he's got me quite a few gigs with like lady gaga took him out took out my drapes and uh josh groban took him out and uh so you know these uh production managers and stage managers they know the value of it you know and yeah, it's not even that expensive and, it's, and i don't even use trust i use just the the big pipes that just, just kind of connect together. He's hanging it with pipe and, and some half-ton motors. Exactly. I mean, before that, when we started out, I was using block and falls. And then finally they got uh, – Patrick Whitley was with me at that point. He was going, oh, you know what, just get rid of the block and falls and we're going to do little peanut motors and make it easier. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, if you want it to trim evenly, you know, the block and, yeah, fall, the block and falls. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also, you know, uh, you know, 15 years ago, 16 yeah, years Yeah, of course. Ago. Of course, you know. So, you know – COVID-19, you're home. What, what, are you, what have you been doing to stay busy? Are you losing your mind? I'm lucky in the fact that, you know, I have a nice house, you know, a great backyard with a pool and everything. You know, I'm, in a, I'm not in a very populated area, so to speak. I'm in a, a community, whatever. But, uh, you know, and at the first, you know, I was working out a lot in my house, you know. I was – trying to eat right well and i did you know and uh that's basically uh that's basically i'd ride my bike you know i got a buddy of mine uh who's my lighting guy the guy burton i was telling you about he lives literally a mile from me so i would ride over his house we'd go walk around or whatever like and we bike, did that bike or bike? yeah that bike no oh, no no that, that kind of bike yeah mountain? exercise exercise to get some okay. exercise so like, uh there's some good mountain biking out in there in that area too oh I mean, there is the mountain, but yeah and uh, and i usually do a lot of hiking too as well i did some hiking before it got too too hot and uh and we got great hiking around here in vegas you know lake mead and we got red rocks out here so yeah. the outdoor stuff is just is, it's just great and, and we can get a, i can even when at the height of the pandemic you know i can get out and ride my bike anywhere not not feel any kind of unsafeness or anything like that you know yeah, yeah. and then you know you, you got to be careful you got to stay away from the news though you know the news will get addictive to you you know oh i know um, i know you know and uh exactly the, the, the first presidential debates tonight and of course i'm going to watch it and, and, of course we all we all are and, and have high blood pressure and get I'm angry probably not. <laughs> scream at the tv you know hey so what, what what direction do you live from the strip are you north south east west Where, i am south uh southwest southwest like, uh, yeah just i'm right i'm literally five minutes away from the airport i oh, can okay. get to the airport check in get to the gate and realize i forgot something and still have time to go home yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I love living close to the airport. It, it, when I'm traveling and working, oh man, it's just so easy. I mean, it's yeah. literally four. I can, I can get there if I if I catch all lights and everything. Probably four minutes, I can get there. Nice, nice. So, what do you what are your what are your um, 
thoughts on on next year uh, i like to ask this question i mean do you do you you know have have people you're involved with that are making plans that are determined to make it work for next year or what do you well, hopefully i mean the priest thing is uh you know they moved everything for the whole year over to next year so you know that starts in uh in uh, june it will start may in rehearsals but in europe yeah so that's that's where that would start out so uh you know i sure hope so i i, I hope i hope after the election you know everything maybe simmers down because you know you know, to be honest with you, not to get political or anything, like you just kind of don't know who to believe. And both sides have their own agenda, of you course. know, and they're going to make everything play for themselves on that way, whether it's Trump's side or it's the other side, you know, it's, you know, you can't trust any of them, to be honest with you, I, I think, you know. Uh, I'm definitely not going to take the vaccine that's available the day before the election, right? That one, I probably <laughs> won't take that one, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, hopefully, I, I, hopefully after election things will simmer down and maybe they can get, I feel like the rapid test that's come, that's just come out today. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, and they were talking about this maybe a month ago, uh, saying it would be out in a month, that that would be a huge game changer in just being able to create events. Because at that point, you're testing everybody. You're getting a result within 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, uh, they're, 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 it's meant to be. I mean, how it was described to me is credit card size, and it comes with a swab, and you 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 do a nasal swipe or whatever, or, or drag, and then you swipe the the little stripe on the card and, and it should be like a pregnancy test. It should come up positive, negative right there in front of you. And apparently this card is meant to have an app that it connects to it. So okay. you could take the test uh, and then, and then have it come up on your phone and tell you on your phone when you took the test. So if, if a venue, I mean, I'm, I'm talking hypothetically here, that sure. how anybody takes advantage of this technology. But, you know, if, if a venue can say, hold your phone up and show a positive test within the last two hours, you know, that could be, you know, an easy way to get in, you know. Sure. And apparently these tests are going to cost five bucks to start each. Exactly. So well, I said $15 and you get the results within 15 minutes yeah so so maybe they're 15 i don't know how cheap they are but can you can you go to walgreens and buy a, a box of 24 you know right. so you have them and say hey i want to go out tonight so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna test myself and have it connect to my phone so i so i can gain access somewhere i mean i i don't know if this is the thought process but it, it, it's it's very interesting you know to, to to think that we could be going somewhere without a vaccine that that actually can help you you know, feel safe, you know, and then have the people on the other end who are hosting an event or whether it's the movies or oh, Judas Priest show, or whatever, you know, uh, you know, feel confident that, you know, the event could go on, you know, in a, in a careful manner. You know, yeah, so. I think so too. I, I like the idea of the rapid test. I feel like that's really, unless there's a vaccine out there and but half the people ain't gonna take the vaccine anyhow because nobody trusts it you know what i mean yeah so uh i i feel like the rapid test could be a game changer i mean that yeah. could be a, that could get it that could be 
Whereas we don't have a vaccine, but we can kind of get back to work. You know, if they can do some kind of test where they can know that everybody entering the building is a, a, is a, a negative test, then, you know, what well, that works out good for us. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think North America is probably going to, even though, even though the United States is a mess right now in regard to where we are uh, with, with uh, positives and deaths and, and whatnot, but at least we're one big country and, and once a vaccine becomes available, we can, you know, all jump on that, you know, whether you take it or not, it doesn't matter. Um, I think a venue can still host something knowing that, Hey, if you come in and you, and you, and you didn't take the vaccine, you know, it's, it's the liabilities on you now as yeah. opposed to, and as opposed to anybody else. Where yeah, you, I would take a vaccine. I mean, not the one before the, not the one the day before yeah. the election, but uh, you know, if they came out with a vaccine, I, I would probably take it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the AstraZeneca and all those other ones, it's, it's two, it's two doses where you have to take one and then, and then I don't know, time needs to go by and take another one. But I think the Johnson and Johnson one is just the one dose, which I think would be interesting. But the point I'm trying to make what might be difficult in Europe is not every country maybe doesn't strike the same deal with, uh, with a vaccine provider, you know? So, I mean, uh, a prominent country with a lot of money like Germany may get it first and everybody gets it, blah, blah, blah. But right next door in Poland, you know, they're, they're, they may not, you know? So I, I don't know if, if, uh, if, uh, routing is going to be spotty i would imagine uh it would be kind of crazy and and it's for the summer next year so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, i mean almost all of the big festivals we're doing like vodka and sweden rock you know uh the italian all these big huge festivals so you know those guys that have to figure out what they're going to do for their festival yeah well i you know what i'm you know uh, as time goes by, you know, and I keep saying, I'm an optimist. I think we're going to work next year. I'm staying positive. I think we have to. I have to. I can't live my life not feeling positive and optimistic about next year. I think we're going to work next year. I think there's going to be a certain part of the industry that is going to, you know, just, hey, you know, we need to take the industry back. We need to go to work, you know. And imagine if we had to wait till 2022. Will there be a business left? Will there be an industry to come back to? I don't think that's oh, even possible. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the vendors are, you know, I mean, there's only so much delay, you know, you can you can have in, in, in paying your, your debts, you know. Um, you know, I don't want to see vendors go bankrupt, you know. And, yeah. you know, I mean, what's, what's going to have to happen for for a, for for a tour to get off the ground? Does, 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 does Roger Waters next year have to pay? up front for all the video for the entire tour? Does he have to pay up front so they have the capital to launch the project? I mean, I, 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 I would hate to see that be the case, you know? Um, so you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see. But again, you know, I'm, I'm positive too as well. I feel like it's gotta come back. You know, it, it, I, I'm hoping for summer. You know, and maybe we get lucky at the first part of the year. Like you said, like I said, with that Garth Brooks show coming here, February 25th, you know, that'd be a good, uh, a good uh, kind of a thing to see what they do with that because it's sold out. 
it's oh. been sold out since it went on sale. Nice. So, uh, you know, so, you know, maybe he's the guy that comes in and says we do four nights and we do 25% capacity. At least we're doing it, you know, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and he's the kind of guy that would do that and take the hit, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Okay. If it's going to cost him a million dollars, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Just yeah. This, you know, so but you know what? I, I don't need to do a show. Now, I just want to get involved in, in our industry again. I want to just start, you know, liaising with people and talking and, and talking about designs and, and, and building and, and just getting things going, you know. And at the end of the day, you know, we'll, we'll do a show eventually. But I just I'm just keen to get back to work, you know. Well, that was I was really lucky with TSO because at the beginning of the year, uh, we were thinking, OK, TSO is November, December. OK, we're the last train out. Okay, we have a chance here. So we went through, I designed the show, I made the movie, we had our meetings, we got all the prices on everything. So we were, we are 100% ready to go. Uh, and then it didn't, it obviously didn't happen. So at least a lot of my time was uh, built in there doing that, making the mm -hmm. movie, doing the design, explaining it, have our meetings. Cause we usually have, you know, a bunch of meetings about it cause we got to be able to package it and all that stuff. And uh, so we're all set up for next year now. So yeah. uh, all, all that stuff is really done. So that was good. Are, are you going to leave it as it is and presented? Or do you have the willpower to not fuck with the design over the well, next you know year? What? <laughs> well, no, because uh, to be honest with you, uh, you know, when I do these designs, it, it really is my, my fucking, my full on energy in this thing, right? So the rig that I designed and I made a movie of it too as well, an animated movie of this thing. And you know what? And it looks amazing. It yeah. really does. So, uh, you know, uh, even my daughter was asking, well, Daddy, are you going to change it or are you going to use the same thing you're going to do this year? I was going, well, no. I said, you know, I feel like right now I want to use the same thing I did because I didn't get to use it. You yeah, know, I, I, put in a, I put in a lot of energy and uh, thought and uh, yeah. inspiration on that. So I do want to do it. So that's. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so you, would, you brought up. You brought up the name Paul O'Neill earlier, and and and, and, and you know, and just a little background on Mike's. You know, I, I go back to the '80s with Paul O'Neill. He managed Sabotage, sure. and if you remember, I I was doing pyro for them on a couple sure. of their videos. Oh, yeah. That cave, and 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 the cave, and and we did a video in a sound stage at SIR in New York City as well. And I, I was there. Twenty four hours, yeah, hours ago. Yeah, punk rock pyro i was doing you know i was there was no you know right. high tech pyro it was all kind of high voltage you know shit blowing up in your face sure. but you know paul o'neill very interesting guy very eccentric guy and i and, and i never really got to see him again after after those days but i understand he always wore a white button-down shirt every day and he always wore this leather like duster long leather jacket over that and he had the long dark hair and from what Sunglasses. I understand, and from what I understand, yeah, and from what I understand, he just that was him until the end, right? Is that it, it, it was it was forever, forever. It? I mean, mm -hmm. they got some maybe some old pictures when he was a teenager where he had shorts on, but you know, and you know where that comes from. So yeah, you know, he wore the white button-down shirt, leather jacket, black jeans, right? For almost his entire life, right? He wore the same thing every day. You know who else did that? Johnny Cash. No, no, <laughs> no I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Einstein. 
Einstein. Wow. Einstein. Yeah. Well, yeah, he clothes every day. Yeah, but I, he didn't have a leather jacket. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but his thought process was: if you do that, then your mind has you don't have to waste your mind on what you're going to wear. You can focus on other things. That's and, true. And uh, you know, That's I don't know true. if that was Paul's philosophy about it, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he did have the same yeah. thing on forever. And I heard the stories. Did he really used to walk through the crowd and just hand people money? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, but, you know, sometimes when you see, when you saw that, you know, it, it was really tricky because you would kind of go like, oh, okay, what, what is that? But, but knowing Paul, like I did, I knew him very well. And uh, he was, he was sincere about all that stuff. You know, he would grab, he, it was a couple of times with my daughter and, you know, he's oh Brian, uh, Chelsea, hi, Chelsea. Uh, you know, he's like fumbling around. I said, no, 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 Paul, Paul. I said, Paul, no, no, no. I said, Paul, you pay me very well. No, no, no. I you know, here, Chelsea, some money, you know, whatever, you know, buy or whatever, you know, like that. And I was like, oh. and then he'd run up the aisle and I'd look at Chelsea, what did he give you? He goes, she gave me, he goes, $700. And I was wow. like, Jesus, you know. So he and, would uh, just they, make sure he had cash at all times and he would just walk around handed it to they, him. they would give him they would oh, give him that? 10 grand uh uh before he got there or when he got there just so he can uh you know paul was very he was very giving to like uh like if you go into a restaurant and whoever the server was you know boom they get a hundred bucks you know the nice. door guy gets a hundred bucks he's really that old school mentality of uh you know taking care of people that are taking care of him or taking yeah, care yeah, of yeah. but uh but he would always give he would always give kids all these t-shirts, programs, you know, and then he also had this, uh, this silver dollar, right. That he would get tons of these things. And, uh, they were like from the 1800s and he would give them to these kids. He goes, Oh, well, what year were you born? And they would say, I don't know, uh, 19, uh, 1990 or something. He goes, Oh, this is from 1890. And if you keep this, blah, 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 he'd, he'd tell him a story. So oh, he was, he was very giving like that. You know, one time he, he took me in a room one time uh, and he's going, Brian, he goes, I got to tell you, he goes, uh, I'm a little disappointed. He goes, and when we do these rehearsals, he goes, I need you to be on time. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, I, I'm always, I, I never leave. I never leave. He goes, yeah. He goes, you need to be on time. So I, you know, he goes, I can't have any more like that. And he goes like this, he goes, and, so here you go. Here's a brand new Rolex. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's the kind of, he gave me like a $25,000 gold Rolex. Oh, and, wow. uh, uh, but his, uh, his prelude to that was, Oh, you can't be late. I can't have that, but here you go. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, so he, he passed away about like four or five years ago now. Uh, 17, 2017. So, 17, year, so, 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 far, yeah. so, so he was, he was your main guy for TSO. You, he, you would, anything design wise and creative, he was your, he was your everything, everything. So, so, so who, who is it now? I mean, who, 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 who took over for him? Nobody really. <laughs> to be honest with you, in a way, because when he left, you know, I mean, even when Paul was here, you know, I was still designing myself, you know, I would design it and then show it to Paul. And Paul's going like, that's fucking amazing. And then he would, you know, when we started getting into the show, he was like, oh, can you make this song red, you know? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool, Paul. You know, and then the next song come by, Paul, Brian, 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 can you make this song red? I said, Paul, the, the song before that, he's okay. Uh, make it blue then, you know, and he would, he would only go between red and blue, right? <laughs> he would, if it was up to him, he would have had everything red because he just loved red. Uh, but you know what? 
you know, it was amazing. It was amazing what he and how we interacted and everything. And it was amazing because we would do all this stuff. Nobody would ever question it because it was his money. You know what I mean? He could, when he passed away, his daughter uh, came into the picture a little bit, but she right. just, she had just turned 20, you know, she had just turned 20 and, uh, uh, and she was, she kind of had a little bit of hand on things, but not to where she could really come in and start saying, oh, okay, we do this, we do that, we do this, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, there was a couple of times where she was going like, oh, do you really need this? I said, yeah, I do. I said, that's going to make the entire show. She goes, well, I don't understand. I said, yes, that is because I had all these video faces and I was trying to explain to her, you know, no, 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 that's going to make the show. You know, and, and then I had these other things, these glow motion sticks. I said, you know, she goes, do you really need that? So, yeah, I do. And then that's the two things when they finally saw and they saw it in the show, they're going, like, oh, man, you know what? You were 100 percent right. And then the next year I just did what I did. And then this year I just kind of did what I did. So I feel like they have a, a, a bit of faith in me uh, to where I, I design something. I show it to them in a full on movie. You know, like an animated movie of the stage with all the lights moving and the video and content on there and all that shit. What's that process like? I mean, creating a movie. Talk to me about that. That is, uh, yeah, that's amazing. And you know, that's 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 one of the things that that I do that I feel like, you know, I don't get enough recognition for it because you know I make these movies and these movies that I make are fucking mind blowing. I had a buddy over, I don't know if you know Michael Keller, uh, but Michael was over here the other day and he was looked at that. He goes, my God, he goes, that is incredible. And I was going, yeah, you know, I mean, I am very, very good at it. And, uh, and any of it is it, is it available to like look at online or anything like that? Sure. Sure. I'll, I'll send you guys a link to it. Uh, yeah, we'll post a link if that's cool with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're going to post a link? Yeah, on the show notes for the podcast. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, let's see that stuff. That'd Let be great. See, is I it accompanied with the music as well? You know, it is. It is. I don't want to send you the one. I'll send you one from last year. Okay, uh, I don't want to send the, I don't want to send the new one because we haven't really done the show yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so what is it, a WYSIWYG kind of looking thing? Uh, it's called Cinema 4D. Oh, I've heard of that. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's pretty fucking all. Can I share a screen here? Oh, no, we're no, on. No, no, well, I can no, give no, you, no. I mean, the people listening to this won't be able to do it, but I can give you control of the screen. You can do, do that, and as we're talking, I'll bring some yeah, of this, yeah, and we'll look at it later here. Uh, <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll definitely post a link and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's an amazing process. You know, I, I draw everything in Vectorworks, and then then I switch it over to, uh, I switch it over to, uh, uh cinema 4d and cinema 4d is like a real animated program so when you see this stuff and you see the lights moving and the video content on the video walls and you see the stage and the crowd and i do the camera angle a lot of times i'll do a camera angle straight into the stage i'll pop it all the way over top of the stage and go straight down through the trusses oh, and wow. uh it's just, it's just incredible stuff. I mean, I'm oh, very yeah. proud of that. I don't feel like, I don't feel like nobody really notices that much. And I, I don't really put it out there too much except for, you know, the people that I'm showing it to. And then usually when I show in the movie and we start to move on, on the design, it's almost like I forget about the movie, you know, and I, right. I nobody yeah, ever sees it. You have a vision and that's just, a, it's part of the art form. I mean, you have a vision. It'd be great to see that. I think there would be a lot oh, of people would be really yeah. interested in kind of seeing how that, 
creative process is done and how you present it. I mean, it's what other way can you sell your idea to someone if you can't give them a visual representation of what you're trying to do? Oh, so that, 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 is, uh, that is so it. Uh, so, so what is it, just a snippet of a song or do you, how, how much of, how much of, how much? You know, of, it, it, of varies. it varies, it uh, varies. Hey, can I share the screen? Yeah, if you go, if you know Zoom, you go to share screen. You gotta Pull open the application and I'll open it, and then you should be able to click share screen down at the bottom and, and share that screen. But that's cool. Uh, how long have you been, uh, Brian? How long have you been doing uh, the movie? I've been doing it for probably fifteen years. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you see it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so cool. I'll just let it play there while I talk about. It. But uh, you know, that's 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 the best way that you can uh, uh, you can do it. You know what I mean? I mean, you really do. Uh, it really does uh, show uh, the entire stage, and and then it gives obviously the client a whole uh, different uh, vibe. Oh, of, of course, uh, yeah. of it's, it's, it's it's kind of WYSIWYG looking, but yeah, totally. yeah, 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 exactly. But it gives uh, you depth and perception and color and yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot yes, there. the moving trusses, all kinds of stuff. Oh wow, and there's okay, there's a stage right view. Yeah, you're sweeping in. Yeah. I mean, for the people listening to this, I mean, we'll send, we'll put the link in there and, and you'd be able to see something probably similar to this. It's a great perspective of how the show goes. And, and, and if you notice, see the video uh, things that go around these arenas. Yeah. yeah. I, think oh, with, right, I, right. I use those things all the time nowadays. Uh, I, I have pretty much access to every, uh, the video LED strips when we go into these buildings. Nice. So who, you who have zero. I'm sorry. You have control over the video, but someone else programs it. Is that well, no, no. What I do is I, I, I because it's such a s separate system. I'll come up with a, a about six or seven songs where I'll just play like the fire for the whole song, where yeah. it's like a fire song, or or these TVs I put up there, <clears throat> and uh, and they'll basically run the whole song. So we'll, we'll my uh, my guy who calls the spotlights, he'll call the queue and they'll pop the TVs up there, and then he'll call it at the very end. Very cool. Mm. Very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Thank you for that that's description cool. and sharing that with us. It's that's, awesome. a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a valuable uh, tool and skill to have, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who, who, who does your automation for, for, for TSO? Uh, SGPS. Okay. Yeah. No, I knew that. I knew and, and they've been doing it for a while. So, and uh, you know, as much as that we all love Tate and everything, it's just like, it's just, it, it's a totally different. Uh, well, it's expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a different uh, uh, cost, if you will. Hmm. But see, the, I, I use those the little things, the little kind of like icicles or whatever. That's called glow motion stuff. And uh, those things are amazing. I used them last year. Oh, cool. But, um, but yeah, you know. I, yeah, well, I like, you know what? You're, you're, you know, you do your own programming. You do all your movies. You know, you really, really embrace the technology, you know. And it, I guess, you know what? That's why you're still relevant after all these years, you know. There's a lot of designers out there that are our age, that had their day in the sun, that really aren't relevant anymore. But uh, true, true. That's, that's not the case, man. You 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 are on top of your game and probably will continue to be for for several years. And and, yeah. and it's all about you know how, how how do you? I mean, technology. I mean, do you do you really just need to be? 
right there at the beginning of the conversation when something new comes out or are you, I mean, what are you? You know what? I mean, I think being who I am, so to speak, uh, I've got, uh, you know, most everybody knows who I am, so to speak. And they'll, if they have a new product, they'll come to me and say, Hey, you know, I got this, I think it'd be great for TSO, you know, or, or we have these new lights, you know, if you want, we'll give you 16 of them and you can use them on the tour or something like that, you know? So that's kind of, uh, and I found these glow motion things last year, these LED sticks, and uh, fell in love with those things and uh, really fought hard to get them. And, uh, and then when I got them, then everybody was just going like, man, that's nice. just amazing. Yeah. So. Is, is the, who, who out there in the industry, uh, what artist out there, if you, if you could, who do you think you just love to design that you've not worked with? I mean, who, who do you think that you would just Question. crush? I mean, who, who, you know, I mean, I could tell you exactly, but I know I won't ever get the gig. I got offered the gig one time, but I had to turn it down because of, uh, uh I was with kiss. Right. And I was with kiss. I was doing a big tour with kiss. And then I was doing Motley Crue right after, but, uh, uh, Butch Allen called me. He says, Hey man, he goes, I got a gig for you. He goes, if you want it. And I said, really? I said, whatever. He goes, it's Metallica. And I was going, uh, Oh, really? He goes, I said, is it running your design or something? He goes, Nope. He goes, dude, it would just be your gig. You just go for it. And, and there you go. And I was going, man, I hate you. He goes, why? I said, man, cause I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow to go over to Europe with kiss. And I, 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 I can't, I can't quit like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, Metallica, I just think I would just fucking nail oh, I it. I think so too. You know, yeah, I think so would too. Just be, uh, uh, an amazing one to do that yeah, it or is. is either the it's between that one or uh ramstein oh yeah they're they're very production savvy as well yeah and i like i like their music too as well it's very industrial hard it's good for it's good for cueing and timing and yeah. you know what and, and you're 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 you know there's a lot of people out there with good timing your timing is just ridiculous man that, that is that is you know oh, well, an, you. another another you know skill that you have another talent but uh yeah you know it's good you know i i consider myself lucky with uh uh you know the career i've had and the people i know and the people i grew up in the business like yourself you know i'm always very very proud to uh have you as my friend when i, I tell somebody i say you know i got chris Kansas. oh yeah Krill. yeah <laughs> i was like i know chris forever <laughs> well you know what we you know we we taught each other how to how to do things in the early days you know and you know, it's not always been rosy, but you know, you and I, you know, remained friends over the years, and you know, and I, you know, let's 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 try to tour together again. What do you say, Brian? Oh, that'd be awesome. I don't know if I've got the uh, the gumption for uh, for TSO, but I uh, would really uh, I would really like to get out there with you again. You know. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for showing these uh, these uh, animations. These things are really cool. Very cool. You know, I think I think any manager would sit down and look at this and go, "Yes, you've got the job." You yeah, know, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I make one of these things for everything. I got a, I got a, did an Aerosmith one. You know, I do one for TSO every year, and uh, you know, it takes me into takes me about a good month to do it all. To, to design it then draw it and then put it in the uh uh computer and then i gotta animate all the things and then i gotta edit all the uh all the things together with a song right right you know do you ever listen to classic rock 
I mean, you must listen to classic rock radio and go, worked for them. Yeah, of course. Worked for them. Worked for them. (laughs) It's uh, Ozzy's Boneyard uh, on the Sirius radio. That's the one I, every time I hear that, it's like every other band comes on. Yeah, I I did that. Especially when you get into the ones like like Deep Purple, I worked for Foghat, Cheap Trick, you know, uh, those kind of bands. Oh, uh, man. Oh, do you remember that Joan Jet Cheap Trick tour we did? That was so great. Oh great. man, God, I used to love Cheap Trick. I still love Cheap Trick. I oh, mean, one yeah. of the greatest and, American uh, bands of all time. And your your brother was on that tour. You remember? Uh, your other, you know, he has another brother, uh, uh, Greg Jafria. <laughs> Who? Oh, Greg Jafria, <laughs> keyboard player. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Well, I had that long hair and that really <laughs> ridiculous look that we had back then. But we all we all did. Oh, we all did. I still have that picture. I run across that picture occasionally of. Uh, of you and Joe Lenane in the hotel or something. Oh, right. You got your mullet and your hair up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Joe, you know, he, what a classic guy he was. You know, he's he's really directly responsible for me getting introduced to you and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Me, me too. He's the one who got me the Joan, even though Elliot takes all the credit, right? Uh, because that's Elliot. Uh, but uh, uh, it was really uh, Joe Lenane who called me and said, hey, uh, yeah. you know, uh, the, the guitar tech that was working there said, you know, you're like, I need gig, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and he hooked me up with it. But uh that was uh, that was good. Joe Gillenine was an uh, uh, amazing guy. Loved him to death, man. He was just, uh, you know, was sorry to, sorry to see him go because uh, we had some good times. Yeah, it was it was good. You know, I was I was able to uh, you know repay him for, for you know helping me out early in my career. I got him the Motley Crue gig sure. after I had to leave Motley. Is is that when you started with Motley yeah, Crue with, sure with Joe? You got me the Motley gig too. Did I? Oh, yeah. Well, you sure that, you were perfect for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were absolutely awesome. perfect for them, you know. Well, you know, let's 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 try to stay in touch more. Let's let's try to work together. Let's let's you know. I mean, I I, I thank you so so much for doing this with us. Uh, That's great. Um, it's been really enjoyable, and you know, I, I'm thinking about things I haven't thought about in in, in, a, in a long time. So, <laughs> you know, we should we should probably get together with Billy Crater too. And, 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 and yeah. uh, oh boy, what a what a what a character he was, you know. Oh, he still is. He hasn't changed one bit. Not one bit. He is still the same guy. <laughs> he's he's just his. He's just. I remember when he dyed his hair blonde. <laughs> oh, you remember he, he, dyed his, he did. He dyed his hair blonde, thinking he would get women to notice him more. You know? <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And he goes, he goes, you know what? I'm jealous of women. I go, why are you jealous of women? He goes, because you can get fucked anytime you want. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well well, thank you brian i really appreciate you coming on this has been this has been an absolute blast yeah same here there buddy absolutely awesome uh thank you for having me i appreciate it good to see you there buddy you brian fantastic get to get through this covid thing and uh you know and uh, we'll 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 see each other somewhere out there next year absolutely absolutely all right brad right on take care man Uh, have a good one guys bye